what would be your speculation for what you're seeing? An alien spacecraft. All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. This is Dr. Mounts. Some people call me Tim, including my two co-hosts, or worse, they may call me sometimes. CJ, don't call me Daring. Call me Daringer. Don't call me Daring. <laughs> CJ Daringer and Smitty Neves. We're all here with you today. Smitty, hey, you there? Hey, everybody. Hey, what's up? And he's correct. We will not be calling him Dr. Mounts. No. We've, we've got a, a professor, a, a pastor, and a stay-at-home mom. Still trying to explain how I um, allowed you two characters to convince me to do this with you, but I'm sure we're going to have a great time. You help keep us grounded, and, and Smitty and I can get way off the tracks sometimes. And, and yeah. just so the audience knows, CJ is essentially our uh, scully to our molders. <laughs> And I, I think most of our audience will get that reference. So I think that she is a healthy, uh, educated skeptic. Is that a good way to describe you? Or at least uh, healthily curious, but not too prone to just accept everything you hear about. Well, that's true. I rarely accept most things that you say, but... I will say that I do think the two of you knew that you needed me on this show to make it credible. <laughs> you are listening to All Things Unexplained. Smitty, why don't you tell everybody what inspired us to make all things unexplained well everyone uh, not everyone but a lot of people from mississippi especially are are curious about many of these things and tim and i were working together and we started discussing a local legend called possum head man and uh he'd actually heard of it and i'd heard of it from different sources and actually different locations uh, of the same event that was taking place and we got to talking about these things and just kind of snowballed into having more conversations about uh, the unexplained. And we decided eventually, this is, this is what, 10 years ago. And so it's taken us 10 years to do a podcast about the things that we found interesting through these conversations we had at work between his lack of work and my <laughs> really work ethic 
we were able to find some time to talk about these things. Growing up in California in my sort of small little world that didn't consist of much outside of myself, I didn't have much experience with things like Bigfoot and Possum Head Man and UFOs. This has all really come to me since moving to North Carolina and getting to know Tim and learning a little bit more about you know astrophysics and what else might exist out there in the world. So this has been really fun for me to learn something just completely different and new that I had never experienced or explored before. And you guys definitely bring a, a unique creative perspective to it all. So thanks for letting me tag along on this journey. We aren't actually trying to explain much of anything. We are just curious and want to learn more about the world. Not experts in any way, shape, or form. Our goal here is to uh, let people tell their stories and then discuss what's going on out there in the world. All Things Unexplained is brought to you by Coma Toast Tacos, a micro-publisher. Visit them at comatoasttacos.com. That's coma, C-O-M-A, toasttacos.com. This is a fascinating story from rural Mississippi, a small town in Mississippi, and we ha- we were lucky enough to... to uh, get to interview someone who was directly connected with this incident. We're going to call him Mr. Billy for the show. He, he said we could call him Mr. Billy or William Perry, interestingly enough, uh, which always makes me think of the refrigerator. CJ probably does not know who that is. I have no idea. <laughs> we do the Super Bowl shuffle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It, a little video there, William Perry and the and the uh, Bears. But Mr. Billy is is the guest on our show, and he had a first hand encounter experience with this episode in 1977. And it's a story they've been talking about for over three decades in Mississippi. A story that's still discussed in UFO circles. It's actually one of the best known incidents in all of ufology that you may have never heard of there's a good chance of it the little town is called flora it actually made national news back in the 70s but even before then mr billy and people in that area were seeing interesting things for a very long time and i think cj and smitty could tell you as we dug into this we discovered wow this this is really going down a rabbit hole here of some really uh, fascinating things and connections that we just never anticipated. Oh, yeah. I had no idea what I was getting myself into with this, an overwhelming amount of information. And before I get into that, I just have to know, Tim, is ufology an actual term or was that just off the cuff? That was just off the cuff. Do you like it? That is impressive. Yeah, we need to coin that. That's great. No, Um, I'm kidding. It's actually... Talking to Mr. (laughs) Billy, who, by the way, for me, it was such a pleasure to talk to him. He reminded me 
so much of my late grandpa Justin and how he spoke to me and to us and all of the knowledge that he had, the facts that he could recall and remember. But with that came so much more information in terms of other connected stories and sightings. And it just really made me start thinking about, you know, what was going on in Florida, Mississippi at that time. Exactly. Or, or Mississippi in general, or even at, and I don't know if we'll get into this, but even all across the country at that time, I mean, it was just amazing the, the sheer amount of information that we got and we're going to try to make all that available on our website for everybody but it was just incredible the amount of information that we got and just looking into a one singular incident in a rural town in 1977 it just blew me away how far into it you could dig and you know what we we could still keep going it it, it there's no end in sight and we just finally had to say hey um, we've got enough. It's time to talk about it. So, with that being said, yeah, and I go ahead, Smitty. And it just being such an integral part of Florida, Mississippi. When we were doing this this research, I called the the city hall there, and they automatically, when I said the the UFO incident, they said, "Here's a guy you need to talk to." So it's obviously not only part of the local culture was kind of ingrained within the history of the place and in the culture. And, and it's, it's just pretty, pretty interesting. I didn't know it ran that deep within the roots of that town that even this much longer or further away that people still know about it. Yep. And with that being said, let's hear from Mr. Billy himself. I think it's time and he's going to tell us about his first sighting in Mississippi. first sighting I saw was I was driving along and I looked over to my right, it was dark, and I, I saw a, a bright object over there that was changing color from a red to orange, green to blue. And uh, I got to looking, I said, that's not the moon. And I got to watching it, and I didn't go very far, and it, all of a sudden it was stationary, and all of a sudden it shot to the southwest at about a 45 degree angle, just like a Tracer out of a rifle barrel, and I don't know how far it went, but it went with just two or three seconds. It stopped dead still again, it's, and I could see the colors. It was changing the red, orange, green, blue colors. So I I don't know about y'all, but first of all, I was really taken aback when he first told us about this, the fact that this was in 1956. And what instantly struck me is that, you know what, this is not Jupiter this person is seeing, for example. This is, right. this also, is no celestial body. Remember, do you remember what life was like back in 1956? Out of curiosity. Uh, no. <laughs> Mounts probably remembers what it was like in 1776, but yeah. Uh, and, well, I, I want to put 1956 into a little bit of perspective. Um, there's one UFO incident that is so famous that probably even Scully, I mean, CJ, has heard of it. CJ, right off the top of your head, what's the number one UFO incident of all time? 
No, I have no idea. Smitty Roswell. Bingo. <laughs> There's my co-host, Ross. Roswell, New Mexico, which happened in 1947. So we're only talking nine years after the most famous UFO incident in history. And sure enough, for whatever reason, you know, you had Roswell happen, national news, worldwide news, still talked about today. You can still go to Roswell. I mean, that's what the town is known for. Roswell, New Mexico. You go there now and see aliens everywhere. And uh, things just exploded around then. And, you know, we're talking to Mr. Billy about an incident in 1977. And I was just uh, so amazed that his first encounter was in 1956. I, I just couldn't believe it. And it made me wonder about the 50s and what things were like. I, I know in rural Mississippi it was pretty sparsely populated. And I was just thinking about the cars and everything. And... Uh, how dark it would have been out there uh, mm-hmm. with the pop, you know, little population, no street lights, and things like that. And I just thought it was fascinating. So, uh, Mr. Billy actually had a few more things to say about that time. I saw it several times. I would never tell nobody because I couldn't show them, and I knew, you know. <laughs> It's like seeing a bear across the road. Everybody will say, yeah, 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 now we know we got them. But I wouldn't tell nobody until one night I got to the little restaurant down here where I was headed, and it was still up in the sky. There was five people in there, and I called them out and said, I'm going to show you all something, and I showed it to them. That's the first time I mentioned seeing it. So I don't know about y'all, but you know what I thought of when he told us that? I, I instantly thought of a Steven Spielberg movie. Like this, this could be a movie. It's 1956. A fellow's driving out in the country. He sees this uh, UFO in the sky. Not the first time he's seen it. And he just happens upon this little diner out there in the middle of nowhere and goes in and gets everybody else to go outside and look at it with him and I, I was just picturing that in my head and like wow this could this could be from a movie yeah you should pitch that you should call mm. up Mr. Spielberg himself pitch that you know you look like you could play somebody from the 1950s from Mississippi you sound the part go for it <laughs> I believe I could pull that off actually you know and in, in here we got to understand that as, as famous as Roswell was in 1956, a lot of that probably hadn't got back to rural Mississippi because TVs, uh, even some newspapers were probably hard to get in this particular area. So I'm saying that this was not based on prior experience. These things were something that, that had not been. Today, everybody watches all these TV shows about UFOs. Back then, those things were non-existent. So this is something that they're seeing for the first time and and genuinely are shocked by what they're seeing. Um, Yeah, so I mean, as the sort of skeptical person here, it leads you to think of a couple of different scenarios. Number one, they had heard of Roswell. 
And so they sort of wanted to believe that these things were happening, number one. Number two, they were actually seeing these and having talked to Mr. Billy, I mean, he sounds incredibly genuine to me and knows his details. Or number three, something else was going on. And whether that's, you know, military or there's other craft that are up in the sky that people are seeing, no matter how you slice it, Something is happening in in the country around this time that's got people thinking and talking and seeing things that they had never dreamed of before. Absolutely, and let's let's hear a little bit more about that diner and what Mister Billy was seeing. Let me find a clip here. Come to find out, the two people, the two ladies that owned the restaurant, after they hadn't said anything about it, they had lived out here west of Florida on 22 on the way to Vicksburg, and they had had an encounter with it where it come over their car and and knocked the motor out. It scared them so bad they bought a house here in town on Third Street and moved from out there to Florida. <laughs> You know, this just made me realize, and I, I just was so impressed by Mr. Billy. We we called him kind of on the spur of the moment, right? And none of this, we did not give him any questions in advance or prep him for any of these questions. And his memory and his recall ability was just off the charts. It, oh, yeah. I can't even remember the last zip code that I lived in, let alone <laughs> that my... The diner owners moved to Third Street. <laughs> I think it was two <laughs> seven. Yeah. No, I won't say the zip code. He was impressive with his recall for sure. Oh yeah, I mean he never that, never missed a beat. He it was impressive. I think that seems to be a generational thing, though, somewhat because now we have all these devices to keep up with all this stuff. They didn't have that back then. They had to keep up with both the stuff either on paper or, or in their minds. So. Yeah, we carry iPhones. That's true. Let's let's hear from Mr. Billy again. Did you happen to pick up on any noise or heat signatures no, or fun. other movement in in those early sightings you had? No, sir. I never I never heard anything. But the people that has had it right up close said that that it emits a, a humming sound like an electric motor. Right. That's when it's right directly over them or right ahead of them and it can't be very high then. And so, you know, here is the town of Flora with these people in the diner, the owners, Mr. Billy, and apparently many others that are having these UFO encounters. And they're just, you know, they're kind of embarrassed about it. They're not really discussing it with each other. But it's happening down there. I mean, what would you guys do? So he said he didn't share it with anybody for a while because he just didn't think anyone would believe him and, you know, fear of ridicule. What would you do if you saw, you know, Sasquatch walking through the woods? If you saw a UFO up in the sky, how do you think you might handle it? Well, it depends. If I had some uh, some type of something to take a picture of, obviously I'd want to try to capture it. But 
otherwise I would I would probably keep my mouth shut somewhat even yeah. today because for fear of you know ridicule it, it well obviously we wouldn't because we're sitting here doing a podcast about UFOs and unexplained but you know otherwise especially during this period of time uh, people weren't quite as accepting of different things back then as they are maybe today today yeah. we're we're pushed to look for answers back then people were pushed to just put their nose down work go home get up do it again the next day so how's yeah. that working out for you oh <laughs> i've been off for like three months but yeah. <laughs> we could barely get you up to do this call with us today well that's true <laughs> no i i agree with you i think even with everybody knowing about this sort of stuff it being a part of our culture and subcultures i still think without a picture people wouldn't believe you even today people would question and be skeptical and doesn't matter even you know ufo does not mean alien spacecraft it just means unidentified flying objects if you saw something in the sky that you couldn't explain i still think people would question it yeah although i do think that's starting to change and for people like mr billy and and the diner ladies and everybody that's had UFO encounters in the past. I, I think that there's some vindication that's starting to happen with the release of these new Pentagon videos that fighter pilots are yeah. having with the UFO encounters and coming yeah. out where senators are disturbed at what they're hearing, that uh, they want more briefings on it. Uh, they They are worried the fighter pilots don't even know what they're encountering um i mean that lends a lot of credence to uh the government involvement lends a lot of credence to these things being in real existence because if you do watch this declassified video of the fighter pilots these guys are highly trained to recognize any type of aircraft that is known in the entirety of the whole world and yet they are stumped. You can tell these guys when they're talking, I've watched the video many times, that they don't know what in the world they're seeing. They call it, it looks like a tic-tac, as they say. And it's zooming back and forth at a high rate of speed. And at one time it actually dumps some chemicals. If you get a chance, go to YouTube, type in Pentagon declassified UFO videos and, and take a look at it. Little did they know it was just Tim pacing after his 18th cup of coffee. Maybe. Yeah, got to have that coffee. That's for sure. Um, I would love to have a coffee sponsor for this program. You know, I feel like I drink enough of it, but what's that, Smitty? I said, bring me a cup from North Carolina down there. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. But, so, so I can't even get my friends to come to North Carolina. I don't know why I should go visit them, but anyway... Who you know, wants to leave the South? <laughs> yeah. It's like they say, nobody's retiring and moving up North, are they? Nope, that's right. But you know, one, one thing I found interesting too, and I'm not sure how much we're going to get into this, but Mr. Billy was also clearly a very religious man. And mm-hmm. I think I can speak to this. I don't know how religious exactly CJ grew up. but I Or the preacher that's here. Or the preacher. I mean, that is occupation, after all. So, I grew up very religious. I think Smitty did, too. And I think that plays into the stigma uh, back then, especially in that era, the 50s, 60s, 70s, of people not wanting to talk about it. 
because there were there were implications and ramifications of saying that you saw a UFO, of saying that you saw alien life. For for these people, there would have been repercussions for that from their community, uh, from their uh, church members that they go to church with. Um, you think about it today. Uh, you know, there some people believe one of the biggest reasons why alien the existence of alien hasn't been revealed is because there are so many powerful entities out there that would not want that information to be to get out there. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, but I've never really understood that whole powerful entity thing. I know the government might want to cover it up, but what what would be the point? But that's for another show, I guess. But yeah, it uh, probably is. But you know, CJ. <laughs> CJ grew up Catholic, right, didn't you? I mean, I'm going to go ahead and insert into the show <laughs> that my mom did try to raise me into a good Catholic girl. And, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. So I'll, I'll just um, put it out there. You know, some people believe that the Catholic Church, for example, which I think we all can agree is a very powerful institution. Yes, and has yeah. been. They might not want the government telling the world that their view of higher power is skewed. Well, that's heavy. All Things Unexplained will return in a moment. That was friend of the show, Kilted Creature, doing a little bagpipe swamp metal for us. That song was called Black Lagoon. And you can check out all of Kilted Creatures' songs on Reverb Nation. And now to tell us about another friend of the show, here's CJ. Hey listeners, I wanted to take a moment and tell you a bit about a business that we have encountered on some of our adventures over the past few months. In a time when it feels like there is so much stress and uncertainty in our world, Scrub Out Cancer is still trying to do good for others. Scrub Out Cancer is a small, charity-based business located in Kentucky. They offer bath and spa products for sale through their website, www.scrubouttcancer.com. I just love this business concept because the more products they sell, the more they donate to cancer patients, their families, and their healthcare providers. As if the concept alone wasn't enough, these are some of the most creative and fun products I have ever seen. 
We got some Yeti soaps here to test out at All Things Unexplained, and I couldn't get over how incredible they are. Not only are they a work of art, but they smell so delicious. In fact, my two-year-old keeps sneaking into my bathroom to try and eat it because it looks and smells that good, and my three-year-old continues to beg me to use them for her baths, but I'm not ready to give them up. In addition to the Yeti line and some other super cheerful soaps that they make, they also make artisan soaps, lip products, body and spa products, and liquid soaps. Each soap is handcrafted and seriously a delight. If you want to bring some joy to someone in need right now or just need your own pick-me-up, head to scrubboutcancer.com to order one of these gems. Be sure to use the promo code SQUATCH10. That's S-Q-U-A-T-C-H-1-0 to receive 10% off your entire order. The code is valid through September 30th. Let's all scrub out cancer together. My friends and I had never made a podcast before, and to be honest, we had no idea how to get started. That's when we decided to check out Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain a couple of things. First of all, it's free. Second of all, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You can check out my Bigfoot-themed children's books on squatching.com. And check out Little Fish Big Splash by my co-hosts Smitty, Mark Neves, and Sean Weaver on Amazon. You are listening to All Things Unexplained. The big event in Flora. We've discussed some of the events leading up to what Mr. Billy had seen, and you know, he'd started talking to other people in town letting them know what he had seen. He went out and bought a camera in hopes to capture some images so that you know he could have some believers and some people that trusted these sightings. And then one day, uh, it seemed that everything all came together. Yep. Let's hear Mr. Billy tell us about that day. Tell us about the events of that day. Where were you and who called you? I was at home on my couch with my family. It was approximately 9.30 that night. I forget what day it was. And there was a loud knocking on my door, and I went to it to open the door, and there stood the deputy sheriff. And I knew very well, and his eyes were not as thick as possible. And he said, Billy, get your camera. That thing you've been telling us about is out here. <laughs> And I got my camera and got in my car. I was a reserve deputy here at the time, and I had a radio in the car, and I got in the car and followed him. He, would, he wouldn't go back out there. He stopped about a mile and a half, two miles this side of it, and that's as far as he'd go. It had shook him. The deputy and the constable was in a patrol car, and they were going west on Cox Ferry Road. And they were going out to get a bell of hay from his uh, dead-in-law, which is about a mile and a half this side of the siding. And they saw this light coming down. They thought it was an airplane crashing. 
So they went on around the road there for the mile level high point was. And when they got there, it was dark. And the thing was hovering below the tree line. You, you know how you, at night you can see the tree line and see the light above it. It was hovering above the tree line. So when I got there, he had got on the radio and called, and it was, at that time, probably 20, at least 20 law enforcement officers there. And when I got there, and what happened when he saw it on the tree line, he, they thought then it was a helicopter. So it was about 400 yards across the cotton field to where it was hovering. And he told, he, the possible was riding shotgun, and he let the window down, and he said, cut the engine off, I can't hear anything. So he cut his engine off, and he still couldn't hear anything. So he took his flashlight and turned and shined it toward it. And when it did, the thing just zoomed right over the top of the car. The deadbeat looked out and looked up, and it was it was hovering directly above him. And he said all he could see was a looked like a red flame or something in the center of the thing. And it scared him so bad he didn't go forward; he went backwards and turned around and took off back toward the floor. And he got on his radio and said, anybody anybody listening, look west of floor and see if you can see a light in the sky. Well, it was, it was a highway patrolman and a dead Everybody on the radio heard him, and that's when they all started out there. So when I got there, the thing was covering about, I don't know, 15, 20 feet off the ground, or maybe closer. And it was it was metallic blue, and right around the center of it, it had a row of they wasn't close together. They was probably several feet apart. A row of portholes that looked like in a ship, and they was a light. You could see it was lit up in there. And the thing was, as I said, metallic blue, and it, it was like you took two old plantation bales, the shape of it and put them together with a big end and with a little end. It was big in the center, and it kind of tapered down on each end. And it was sitting there, and it was, it was kind of swinging like a pendulum, barely moving back and forth, just like a pendulum with the pendulum does in a clock. And we sat there and watched it for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. And oh, then wow, it, it was there for a while. Yes, ma'am. Well, before I got there, I, uh, I got there, it was a deputy off-duty city policeman, and his friend was in their truck, and they drove out across the cotton field to it, to get to it. But when uh-huh. it, they started to it, it started backing away from them and went back over the trees. And when they come back, it came back. Oh, wow. Hmm. So then when it started drifting away, no noise, it just started rising very slowly going to the uh, northwest and it went up over the trees and it was gradually ascending and the city policeman here and his partner they took off around the road and crossed the creek it was both the uh, creek they crossed the creek and turned down the road there to the right it was a gravel road. Went down there, and in a minute, they got on the radio and said, y'all, come on around here. It's here, over here. So we all went around there. By then, it had gotten up for several hundred feet high. 
and it was gradually going to the northwest. Wow, so when Mr. Billy was telling us this, I tell you what, there was just so much to unpack. I was just amazed because so much of this was completely new information. You know, people can go out there and they can go on the internet and they can Google the 1977 Florida UFO incident and they're not going to find anything about what Mr. Billy just told us. Yeah, and one of the things is you have to understand that the sheer number of people who saw this sets this whole episode out by itself to a certain extent. Not only that, that most of these people were law enforcement officers. And I I think he said some of them had been in the military. I mean, I'm a history teacher, and... Of course, I was only two at the time the incident occurred. But you sure about also, that? Yeah, I'm sure. I was born in '75, but I also have studied military, uh, all known military uh, aircraft, and nothing that I'm aware of would back then would make zero noise. Pretty much, you know, you can't have a helicopter come over my house during the day unless I know about it. And we're talking about way, way up, not air, tree line. So this this incident was pretty impressive, especially for, like I said, the number of people saw it. And the, to me, the fact that they were actually respected lawmen. Yeah, and you know, Mr. Billy at one point estimated that there were 26 people that did see yeah. this. That's Tw- what he said, 26. That's a lot. Uh, that is a lot, and I mean, there's just no way, just the sheer number of reliable witnesses, and you know, one of the really sad things that he told us about, too, was about how the people in town, when this got out there, that they, they were making fun of them for this, Right. and I, I just thought that was really sad, you know, that these people were ridiculed so bad that they didn't, just didn't want to talk about it. Right, to the point that the people that had seen it, who had claimed to see it, who had been interviewed about it, you know, started to clam up a little bit. And you would think with 26 people saying that they saw it, that that's enough for people to start believing. So there definitely was some, some conspiracy in town after that. To be continued. Hey listeners, during these socially distant times, we were hoping that you would like to get social with us. You can do so by checking out our Instagram and Facebook pages. Find us by looking for All Things Unexplained Podcast. Additionally, you can learn more about us at our website, www.allthings-unexplained.com. Have more to say? Leave us a voicemail. You can do that at anchor.fm 
backslash all things dash unexplained. And of course, we would love to get your emails. All things unexplained podcast at yahoo.com. We'll look forward to hearing from you soon. Next time on All Things Unexplained. I do want to say two words that should get you excited for the next episode. Dr. Heineck. Wow, you really meant two words. I've never seen you <laughs> say anything that was that short. <laughs> Got me excited. Right. Dr. Heineck. This has been All Things Unexplained. Until next time, be happy, be strange, and love the unexplained. Mark, are you there? Well, you, you only got the wrong person. You, you, you ain't got the right one. Well, it was just a roll without him. Yeah, we have our welcome our guest, Smitty Neves, who refuses to answer his Skype call. Oh, sorry, I was in the bathroom. What? The oh my God! Jetsons, beat the Jetsons. Oh wow! <laughs> They're a modern family. That's the Flintstones, fool. <laughs> On the bedrock. <laughs>